Hi, listeners. You can now listen to this community podcast production ad-free on Apple Podcasts and access the podcast one week early and get exclusive bonus content. Just hit the subscribe button now on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want access to all of the above, plus video versions of the podcast, head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, Shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. I'm Sarah Ferris, true crime podcaster. And I'm Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. And you're listening to Stop the Killing. Well, welcome to Stop the Killing. Before we crack into this week's episode, which is going to be a good one because You've got four cases that I know nothing about, so it's story time with Catherine Schweit. We wanted to say a big thank you, of course, to our Patreon members. We've got quite a few new ones because we've been busy plugging away on season four and haven't had a chance to say thank you. So we just wanted to say thank you to Janet Barney, Gary Gannon, and Barbara Lawyer, who are all new Patreon supporters. And uh, If you want to know a little bit more about what you get as a Patreon supporter, go over to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. You get ad-free episodes, you get early access, and you get bonus content, plus you get the video content of our interviews. So if you're so inclined, these frightening (laughs) pictures, if that's the choice that you guys make, we can't help you out. But it's there for you if you must. So what I wanted to talk about today is a whole mixture of things. This is the dominoes episode, but you can stand them up on end and yeah. then you hit, hit the first one, right? And then they all, exactly, like mm-hmm. they all roll. Really, I feel like that's a little bit about what we're going through right now in the United States. I'm just going to talk about four of these instances that have occurred recently. I mean, they occurred within days of each other where each one of them is a little bit like, you know, what resulted in a shooting? There's a little okay. bit of that. There's mm-hmm. a little bit of that. So I hate to say this, but the first one was in Texas. Oh, God. So, yeah, I feel like we're getting our oversupply of Texas stories, this recording batch that we're doing yeah. at the moment. So to be fair, Texas is a huge yeah, state. Yeah, we know. Texas and, is and big. It's a numbers Texas game. Texas is big. Well, Texas also has really some of the least restrictive gun laws in the United States. Oh, fair um, point. Yeah. You know, so... So they have things like you can carry your weapon any place in the state. You don't need permits for certain handguns and you can, you know, shoot your handgun here and shoot your handgun there. This may sound weird for you, but it's not unusual for people to just go out, you know, outside of town and you just pull your car over. You put everybody in Texas drives a truck, you pull your truck over and you start uh, shooting uh, willy nilly. And you just, right, right. And, and, I, and I, and I say, you know, to that, well, I'm sorry, ammunition is expensive. And it's like, you guys, are you, what are you thinking about? <laughs> so anyway, they have, do have pretty uh, flexible gun laws in Texas. But I'm going to talk about four shootings today. This one is the one that was, to me, the most like, what? You did what? 
29-year-old man. Right. Picks up his date. He drives to this restaurant, pulls into the nearby parking lot. The guy says to him, 40 bucks. You know, he gives him his $40. He goes inside to the restaurant. They start to have dinner. Somebody in the restaurant says, you know, that's not our parking lot. And that guy doesn't work for us. No. Cheeky sod. Exactly. Cheeky sod. That's good. You you do not hear that phrase in Texas. In (laughs) case anybody's listening. I feel like cheeky sod is going to turn into something a lot darker very shortly, though. Right. So this guy, the 29-year-old, he calmly tells his date he'll be right back. And he walks out to his car and gets a gun and walks over to the 46-year-old man who collected the $40 and just kills him. Wow. On so many levels. I mean, that is absolutely crazy. But also, that date bit of run for the freaking hills. If that's not a red flag, I don't know what is. We had something similar that happened in a theme park in London. And it was, I think it was called Chessington World of Adventures. And a guy worked there for like decades doing exactly Mm -hmm. that. And it was a cheeky sod moment, not a I'm going to go and kill you moment. That's unbelievable. Well, I have to tell you that he went and put the gun back in his car and he went back to his date. Shut up. Are you kidding me? No. (laughs) Sorry. But this is right outside the restaurant. So surely people saw. (laughs) People saw, right? He came in and he told his girlfriend that, that everything was fine. Uh-huh. And then he, he went to sit back down mm-hmm. to have, you know, it was a good burger place. He'd already ordered it, <laughs> maybe. I guess. So he did start to go to his table, but then, and then he left to go eat someplace else. He was a little, found a little uncomfortable. People were looking at him. Did it? Sorry. Did the date go with him to the other restaurant, to wherever he went? And uh, let's, oh my God. I hope. I hope he went to a drive-thru for a start because nobody should be parking that man's car. Right. Why was nobody like on him? The guy that he killed, it wasn't readily identifiable that, you know, this had happened. Like he had done this a little bit away from the restaurant. The person was killed. He came back in. He told his girlfriend, well, I was just trying to scare this guy. So here's the astonishing thing. No, there can't be anything more astonishing. (laughs) I, I, I beg you to try. Come on, see what you got. So they had to give a surveillance camera photograph of the couple to identify who did the killing. They had to do some investigative work to figure out, oh, oh, wait a minute, maybe this is how it happened. And let's look for that couple who was here who might have been involved in this. And so they got a photograph of the couple and it was posted publicly of this couple from their date walking from one spot to another. And the 29-year-old turned himself into police because he saw his picture with his date on media reports saying, we're looking for this this couple. So he just turned himself in? Yeah, that happens all the time. People turn themselves in when they commit crimes. It may seem like they don't, but yeah, they do. Well, it just seems odd to me. He's decided to turn himself in, but he's still gone on the date first. Like he's finished the date. like, I want to know whether it was like a first date or whether it was a, I'm been going out with this guy for a couple of months or where he's about to pop the question kind of date. I don't know. The picture of them, they look pretty friendly, like they're walking hand in hand. So maybe it wasn't the yeah. first date. I well, know. It's kind well. of crazy. Well, and you know, when you said 
you know, he turned himself in. I just want you to know how good of a relationship they might have had. The person who first called the police was the date, not the guy. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't a very good date. No, clearly. She was just, <laughs> that's it. I'm out. Red flag alert. Well, right. well, fair enough as well. So, I mean, not even road rage, parking rage. Parking rage. And somebody got killed. That is just a horrific state of affairs. That's case one. You got three yeah. more for me. I'm yeah. scared what's coming. And the thing about the parking rage case is this man, you know, he went back to his car to get a gun. So that is first degree murder. You know, under the law, the mens rea, they call it, you know, like what's in mm -hmm. your mind. Guilty you have mind. to, yeah, you have to prove, right, that somebody's guilty and that they intended to do the act. Oh, there is no doubt, is there? Well, right. It wasn't impulsive. He didn't right. just happen to have a gun on him and be like, lose his mind mm -hmm. and, or couldn't even possibly claim self-defense. Yeah, exactly. Right. He intentionally went back. I will say that the laws here um, allow people to carry handguns without a license and background checks and training that was passed by the Texas legislature two years ago. Right. So that was my first case. Okay. So buckle up. Here comes number two. Well, keeping with the Texas theme. So there's another town in Texas that's called Elgin. Now, this is near Austin. The yep. other one was near Houston. Mm -hmm. so this is within a day, I think, or two of this other incident. Which also um, happened in Texas. Yes, but it's a big state. No, I'm um, just saying. I'm just saying, like, literally. Yeah. So <laughs> we're in and the I'm same gonna... vicinity and two things have just happened in quick succession. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there are four cheerleaders and they are on their way back to Austin because they have been out, you know, uh, doing stuff, cheerleading, right? Right. Yeah. And so it's kind of, it's kind of late. It's, it's late. And they stop by a supermarket. A couple of them hop out of the car and run inside the store and they come out and uh, they come back to the parking lot. And one of the girls opens the door of the car and hops in the car. And it turns out that it's a wrong car. Okay. Right. And then she's like, ah, she hops out, you know, gets out of the car. The man inside the car gets out with a gun, fires into the car where the cheerleaders are, five rounds, and hits two of the girls. Oh my God. The 25-year-old shooter said he was mad because, you know, the girls had done this. And so that's why he was doing this. I mean... How's that for you? Well, let me just say, there was a chill that went down my spine as soon as you said that she jumped into the wrong car. And I was like, where's this going? But that's just absolutely, well, what's happened to the value of life that somebody can jump at? How angry can somebody get over that? And also, it goes to show, doesn't it? Like, what damage could that person have done if they didn't have access to a weapon right then? It would have been a different scenario. It's just absolutely a waste of human life. Yeah, it's just crazy. I think what's to me is so shocking about this is how do you go from a teenage girl gets into your car to, I'm gonna kill by people. mistake and yeah. then gets out of the car? I don't care what she said. If mm. she did say something, you're an 18 year old girl and you climb into a car and you see a 25 year old guy sitting in the driver's seat, you're going to hop right out. Of course you are. I mean, we're built so, with a and built danger alert. That is 
I've just hopped into the back seat of a potential crazy guy. Turned out she was right. Well, right. Little did she know. I mean, now obviously this individual is charged with what they call in Texas a third degree felony called deadly conduct. Well, um, hold on. That's not first degree? He didn't kill the girls. Okay. Oh, well, he didn't kill the girls. Mercies, but. Yeah, right, right. I mean, I guess, right? I think that the girls were injured. I don't know because I can't even keep all these shootings straight, right? But here's the thing that is interesting. I mean, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this case up. So this will lead into the next shooting. This is why I want to talk about it. So let me ask you about this idea. Have you heard the term stand your ground? Yeah. Okay. So stand your ground is the idea that if you're in your home, you can protect yourself. The law prevents you from being charged with a criminal offense if it appears that you are protecting yourself, you know, and those on your property or something like that. Yeah. So this guy's in his car in a parking lot. Mm-hmm. And now there's discussion about, um, well, this guy was just standing his ground. She was invading his space. I mean, if you put that on the scales of somebody gets into a car by accident and the punishment is that they will be shot, it doesn't kind of equate, does it? No. Crime Mm-mm. does not fit the punishment. Yeah. So almost, I think it was the same day. Um, there not in was. Texas. Tell me it's not in Texas. No, it was in another state, in Missouri, actually. So compare the situation with the stand your ground and these young teenage girls are hopping in and out of a car in a grocery store parking lot to a situation that happened pretty far away in Missouri, central part of the United States, where there's an 84-year-old man at his house. And in this area where he lives, the street names are, you know, 116th Street or 115th Street. Yeah. And then the cross street is called 116th Street Terrace or 115th Street Terrace. So they're kind of similar names. Yeah. Right. And the 84 year old man who lives in this house is white, and a young man comes to his door who is black. Right. So I'm just pointing that out because this is part of the discussion, right? Mm -hmm. And so this young man, he's 18, comes to the door of this house. His mom has said to him, go pick up your twin brothers who are at so-and-so's house. And it's at so-and-so 118 or 115 or whatever, Terrace. Right. And he goes to 115 Mm -hmm. Street. So he goes a block away. Yeah. And it's 10 o'clock at night. And he goes to the doorway and rings the doorbell, and through the door, the 84-year-old shoots the boy. Through the door. What? Through the door? Right. Right, through the door. Did he even ask him anything? Did he just shoot? Well, let me just tell you the end of the story, so to speak, the beginning of the end. The young man is in a neighborhood where it's late at night, right? And the man shoots him through the doorway grazes the top of his head and then while the kid is laying on the ground shoots him again oh my god and and he gets hit like in the arm i think and so he is shot in the head you know it cracks his skull and then he fires a second time while the kid is laying on the ground wow and then while the kid is laying on the ground you know he closes the door i guess it goes back in so the kid 
manages to stumble away. He knocks on neighbors' doors. Mm-hmm. Nobody will let him open in. the door. Oh, right, because goodness. it's late at night, and there's this screaming, hysterical person bleeding at covered the head. Covered in blood. Covered in blood, right. And so he gets to like a third door, finally. And somebody says, will you stay laying on the ground, and I'll call 911. And so then he gets some medical assistance. So the 84-year-old man is charged with assault in the first degree, an armed criminal action, this is what they call it. The kid is recovering, and the guy has pled not guilty. And I think some of the discussion speaks to, well, he was afraid, he was standing in his doorway, you know, he has a right to kind of stand his ground. It's The laws are different in that state. So my question to you is, so does he? What do you think? Well, he didn't even open the door, did he? No, not in the Uh, initial. I mean, no. I I don't believe that he was standing his ground at all. He was taking action on assumptions that are based probably in prejudice for a start and without actually gathering the information to make a logical decision on what to do in that situation. He had a door between him and he could have picked up a phone and rung the police if he was really that worried, right? He could have. That's true. And, you know, I think at some point there was some question about did the kid touch the door handle or something. The kid says he absolutely did not. And the guy says, you know, he was scared. And I think one of the things it speaks to is, this is an 84-year-old guy. I don't know what his background is, but should an 84-year-old guy have a gun loaded and by his front door so he can shoot anybody who comes in the door? You know, and another question about, you know, even when you have guns, when is it responsible to continue to have guns? Yeah, exactly. It's like when you have a driver's license. I don't know if it's the same in in the Mm -hmm. US, but I think you hit the age of maybe 70, 75, you've got to retake your driving test again on a regular basis to make sure that you are compass mentis. Mm -hmm. Is that the right word? Oh, that was a good word. Thank you. Pull that, was, that one out. That's very impressive. That mm-hmm. was very good. That was well, very you said impressive. mens rea before, so I thought we were just going with the, the Latin theme. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ever felt that pang of disappointment when you couldn't add a ticket to your collection because it was digital or maybe you just lost it? Well, stubforge.com is here to change that. Imagine this. Tickets that not only look, but feel like the real deal. Because each ticket from Stubforge is printed on the same quality stock that Ticketmaster uses and printed with genuine ticket printers. It's like holding a piece of the concert, the game or the show right in your hands. But Stubforge isn't just about replacing tickets. With the easy-to-use interactive designer, you can create custom tickets for anything from concerts to sports games, pregnancy announcements, parties. Why not make your invitations stand out with tickets that are as unique as your event? And if you're trying to complete a back catalogue of missing tickets, Stubforge offers bulk discounts to make it both easy and affordable. With Stubforge, you can once more give your loved ones physical tickets and see their eyes light up instantly at the best gift you can give. 
So whether you're looking to reignite your ticket collection, craft the perfect gift, or send the coolest invites, head over to stubforge.com. Start creating today and see how Stubforge makes every ticket a story worth saving. Visit stubforge.com and start making tickets today. I did promise you there were four cases. Yeah. Here's the fourth case. At the same time, in upstate New York, there are four kids in a car and they're going to a friend's house. They pull into a driveway and it's the wrong house. So they pull back out and the homeowner is angry they pulled into the driveway. Oh my God, where is this going? Poor kids in cars at the moment. So 65-year-old, as that car is pulling away, leaps off his front porch, pulls out his gun and fires a couple of times at the car. One of the shots kills one of the girls in the car. Oh my goodness. I I don't even know what to say. I'm so So angry. he only shoots a couple of times, right? This is part of the whole concept of the fatality. Guns are a very dangerous thing. And just like cars, you have to know what you're doing. This is a guy who just is mad somebody pulled into his driveway. And his response to that, sitting on his porch, pull his gun out and fire a couple of rounds at the car to scare the people inside the car. Do you think that is what his intent was just to I scare think them. Yeah, he, I think he that's was a, aiming at the car. Yeah, I don't. I mean, that's what I mean about the lethality. I really feel like sometimes, we, you know, we see television and movies, and yeah, you don't see the end result of the lethality. You don't see blood and people laying on the ground. So many people who carry guns don't appreciate that they may have a legal right to carry the gun. They may not have a legal right to shoot the gun. Yeah, and. It sounds to me, when we look at the four cases, that people just saw red, like a red mist has descended and then mm-hmm. logic has completely gone out the window. Well, not just mm-hmm. not just anger, because when you look at the older man, the 82-year-old from the third mm-hmm. case, his was an action born of fear. So, yeah, I mean, I think that he says that or, you know, that's what his position will be. Um, but it does kind of yeah, lead true. to the question of, is that a reasonable fear uh, no. uh, that somebody knocks on your door at night? I mean, he, he could have not answered, right? Yeah, exactly. That's, he didn't even open the door. He didn't need to open the door. Certainly didn't need to shoot through it. How do you process all of these? Well, I think that the 65-year-old who shot from his porch, he's 65 years old, and he is now facing second degree murder charges the 84 year old man same thing right Mm. i mean these these serious criminal charges being haphazard with a weapon can take away your freedom but if you aren't jailed it can take away your livelihood you will spend all of your money and all of your time in court defending yourself for your actions because you are so confident you could stand your ground and in the case of where we started I'm mad that that guy scammed me out of $40. That guy is now permanently hiring lawyers and wasting every dime he has again. And he's never getting a second date with that woman. I'm just saying. That's not happening. (laughs) That is not happening. He's going to be having to marry someone in one of those jail weddings, isn't he? Um, (laughs) Exactly. 
I right. Mean, so what? It's it, so serious, but it is actually completely bloody laughable that these right. things, four of these cases are so ridiculous that they are laughable. You um, can see why I had to put them together, right? You hop into the wrong car at the grocery store, right? Yeah. You go back to your truck to get a gun to shoot somebody who took $40 from you in a parking lot, and then you go back on the date. Yeah. I mean, it's all like, crazy. And I think the thing is that if you've got a short fuse and you've got access to that weapon, it's not a jump. It's just easy. It's impulsive. Mm-hmm. I can see. Like We were getting chased the other day. Well, I say we were getting chased. What? We were, no, we weren't getting chased. Bury the lead. That. What? Let me rephrase that. We were not getting chased. We were driving down the roads and it was about uh, 10.30 at night. It was myself, my husband, and a couple of friends were in the back. We'd been out for dinner and we're just driving home, nothing to see here. And this guy came up the back. I still don't know what his problem was, but he was tooting. And then we got to the two lanes and he came up beside us and was giving it the, uh, you know. like Because you did something. You don't like, even know what you did. We still don't know what we did. We still don't know what we did. We were just doing the speed limit in a straight line. There was literally nothing that could have really angered anyone that much. But there was maybe that was the problem. He wanted you to speed so he could I, get it, home faster or something. To be honest, that was probably most likely the problem that he had somewhere he thought he needed to be. Whatever. But we get to the lights. But that anger, right? That was, anger. Exactly. We get to the lights and he's, you know, effing and blinding and whatever. And his windows wound down. And I was kind of like, I wanted to jump out of the car and just go, dude, have a hug. Calm down. You know, like, what can I do to help you? You're so angry about I don't know what. Do you want to explain it to me? Because it's not intentional. But if that guy had a gun, right. you know, how different a situation like that would be in an impulsive moment when somebody's switch is just blicked. And- I think that's what we're seeing a lot of here. You know, the root cause behind it is not just the weapons. We've had weapons here for a long time in the States. But, you know, if you compared last year, this year, or six months ago to now, whatever is going on right now, there is this sense of whether it's entitlement or I'm disturbed about the world in general. And people, you know, they've really raised the bar on absurdity. But they've lowered the level of the value of human life in the process. Yeah, exactly. These are four citizens who let their frustration get the best of them and then didn't, I think, have a sense of awareness, which is really what I want, like every person who owns a gun in the United States right now or elsewhere, when you think you know and you're responsible with your guns, stop and think how you could just as easily have been in this position. Yeah. Think it through. If you don't value the life of the person you're shooting, realize that you're going to ruin your life and your family's life because you're going to be charged. You're going to go to jail. You're going to spend every dime you have on lawyer's fees Mm. uh, because you are letting your impatience, your temper get the best of you and you feel some entitlement to take another person's life. When you point a gun at somebody, it is happenstance on whether or not you kill them or you injure them. Yeah. So the guy in the parking lot said, everything's okay, and I just wanted to scare him. Well, he killed him. Yeah. And the guy in the doorway who fired at the young teenage kid who came to pick up his twin brothers, he said later, oh, well, he was afraid. He was behind a closed door. 
the temperature of society at the moment feels like it's really almost getting to boiling point. And that is a real symptom of that. Mm-hmm. When people are so quick to react and, you know, those reactions are so extreme, something's wrong yeah. in our society. Yeah. There's a solution. Tell the me. solution to that is kindness. There's, yes. It's all about being kind. Stop yelling at people because they cut you off. Stop yelling at Sarah because she's not driving fast enough. Otherwise, I will give you a hug. I will give you a hug. Exactly. You don't have to like everyone, but treat them in the same kindness that you would the school bus driver or the taxi driver. All you have to do is be polite. You don't have to like everybody. Everybody doesn't have to like you. No, and I would go one step. One step further than that, and I would always say, you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Yeah. So you don't know what other people's days been. You don't know what their story is. That's Give true. people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, that's very true. And I don't think you can sweep under the carpet that coupling effect of if you didn't have the gun there, then what would that person's reaction be? Nobody would have got hurt in the same way if it had been a, a knife they could have driven away. I think that's a good point. I mean, that's fair. Absolutely. There's no question that guns are the common thread through all of these things. And I guess I'll say two things. One is, first of all, you're right. If everybody carried, you know, a baseball bat and a lead pipe in their car um, and had it by their front door, would they have, under those circumstances, have gotten out of his car and beaten somebody to death? No, they wouldn't have. And, And the gun allows you proximity. And I think that's where I'm saying you don't appreciate the damage that you're doing because you wouldn't take a knife and mm-hmm. chop somebody up because they knocked on your front door by mistake. Yeah. You just wouldn't do it. You're letting the gun do something for you yeah. that you don't want to do yourself. You know, when we investigate murders and horrific crimes, you look to the modality, right? Because yeah. if somebody shoots a gun from far away, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. If somebody uses a knife, they're very close. And generally, somebody knows their victim. If the damage to somebody's body is is very horrific, it's probably much more of an emotional reaction. It's not a killing for convenience sake because I want to steal your wallet. It's personal. And the circumstances that I mentioned to you on these cases today, the shooters didn't even know the people. So anyway, that's my happy story for today is that this idea of we talk a lot about shootings that are planned and we say, how do we avoid that? But how could we avoid shootings that appear to be so random? That responsibility is on the individual who's choosing to own and carry a gun, period. Well, I'm so cheerful. I bring such cheery news to our show. Join us next week for another <laughs> horrific version of Catherine Schweitz's bedtime stories. After- <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And if you want to know more, Catherine's book, Stop the Killing, is out now. For more details, go to katherineschweit.com. Please consider also supporting our independently made podcast. It's simple to do. Go to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. And for as little as the price of a latte a month, you can be part of the solution to stop the killing. Patreon rewards range from official do-gooder status to ad-free episodes, autographed books, and opportunities to connect with us directly for your business, school, church, or even just a book club chat. 
But just knowing that you are part of a movement that has the power to make your community safer, well, that's got to taste better than a skinny cappuccino any day. So please head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing now and polish off your do-gooder halo and make sure to include your name so we can give you a shout out. This podcast is a community podcast production. That's con with an N. If you want more content, then head over to community podcast at Instagram, where you'll find trailers on more binge-worthy true crime, like the award-winning podcast Conning the Con. And check out our show notes for all the links mentioned. Finally, if you want one takeaway action that you can do right now that can help make our community safer, Please share, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. Everybody needs to know that they hold the keys to see something and say something. Together, we can stop the killing. It's one of those things you hope never happens, but you better train for it. Because it will happen. And it will happen in places you wouldn't expect. Be ready for it. My name is Bill Huffman, and I am a former Cleveland News producer, and I am now the host of the podcast, Who Killed? I began the show focusing on the unsolved murder of Amy Mihaljevic, and now each week I explore a different case with a focus on some of the victims who don't get the attention they deserve. I have a deep catalog of over 225 episodes, so there is a guarantee there will be something for you. Who Killed is an evergreen podcast killer podcasts and slow burn media production subscribe today wherever you get your favorite shows true terrors of horror bizarre happenings unexplainable events on our podcast disturbed terror takes center stage each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence delving into bone chilling tales of kidnappings serial killers maniacs and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. 